Hello, my courageous tribe. You are listening to season two of Courageous Arts Deeper Dive, and this is episode number one. And I'm Nina Taro. So I'm back. It's been a a long time, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a break. It's been really busy at work and I've been kind of trying to settle into different different areas of my life as we are all in various parts of transitions constantly, aren't we? But I am so pleased to be bringing you this podcast today. It's with Mark Sheff and he is a, a really good friend and an epic, epic artist. It's another epic podcast, but I'm so glad I managed to finally catch up with Mark. And as you will hear, we managed to cover quite a lot. So I do hope you enjoy this podcast. And don't forget to leave a review, you know, leave a comment, you know, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Because obviously the more um, these podcasts get out there the more people I can reach and we can normalize these conversations around mental health because that is ultimately my goal to make these um you know these these topics not so taboo and 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 actually be able to say yeah I'm struggling with my mental health and I have uh, and this is how I, I managed to navigate it so I hope you enjoy listening to this as I enjoyed talking to Mark I want to bring to you today a very good friend um, and colleague, Mark Sheff. Uh, Mark was born and raised in Boston, and he attended Harvard University, where he studied computer science. He moved to San Francisco during the tech boom of the 1999, and then subsequently earned a degree in illustration from the Academy of Art University. Mark has always loved to draw. His dad is a pediatrician and had loads of free sticky pads and pens from pharmaceutical salespeople. So Mark would borrow all the free sticky notepads and pens from his dad's office and fill them with his drawings. <laughs> That's a brilliant, brilliant resource. Um, I, do, I wonder if you actually still have any of these because these would be... I feel like that was my early introduction. That was probably therapy at the, at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Process. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it'd be wonderful to see if you still had any. Um, well, Mark, he moved away <clears throat> from art in college, assuming that art wasn't a viable career option. But while working in tech, he took uh, took the uh, intro drawing classes at the Academy of Art. Charcoal drawings of cubes and spheres brought back every inch of passion he had through high school. Um, and within a few short years, he had enrolled full time. Mark spent the following years working as an artist who could wear many hats, illustrator, concept artist, game builder, group project, cruise director, even creative director and art director. He continues on with many of these projects in his spare time. And currently he's um, creating some more works that we'll probably talk about more about in as we, we carry on our conversation, but they they're resin pieces, aren't they, Mark? With sort of various layers. They are. They are they're, uh, the way I describe it in a sentence, it's figurative work in layers of resin. But uh, yeah, we'll talk much more about that. 
Brilliant. Yeah. And they are absolutely beautiful. But he is also the co-founder and director of Everyday Original. He loves that so much can be done to support artists and collectors. And he's also the co-founder of Drawn and Drafted, which he does alongside Lauren Panpinto, who you will have heard on one of the other podcasts from season one. And hopefully she'll come back and do another one. But Mark, it's so nice to have you here today because I know we've been trying to get together for some time as well. And timing has never, never been right. But now it is. (laughs) It's really, really good to be able to see you. And people can't see you because I won't be putting the video out, but the audio. But it's nice to see you on Zoom. (laughs) I know uh, we were introduced by Lauren some years ago and uh, yeah. and your uh, evolution into this into this new uh, career and identity yeah it's wonderful to see it's wonderful it's transformation and I think we're all all in some sort of transformation as, as we kind of you know as we'll talk because we, we've had a little sneaky talk before the recording the podcast but I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to tell them what we talked about is private <laughs> it's it's private so Mark um as this is about mental health and I like to share with listeners, you know, on my own journey sometimes and, you know, anyone that comes on on the, on the as a guest often shares, you know, any time that they've either navigated their own mental health issue or they've seen and, and watched and been around somebody else who has or even artists that you may be working with or have worked with and have experience of um, when you've been mentoring them. And so, you know, talking about mental health and actually more curiously how you created springboards either for yourself or if anyone else did um, for growth and repair to navigate Mm. that space um well i do uh you know i do i do navigate uh mental health i mean i'm I'm diagnosed officially formally with uh you know with anxiety or you know it's, it's 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 not been severe although this year uh it has gotten more so i mean there was, uh, of course, uh, a giant pandemic that mm-hmm. is still going on, uh, you know, and I have two children. So suddenly uh, in March of 2020, I, I basically put everything aside to, to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then I had, uh, uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to pitch a, a dream project and have that funded. And that was great. So the roller coaster went all the way up. And then um, that ended in a way that severely damaged my mental health again. Yeah. So I've spent yeah. the last um, what, six to six-ish months um, yeah. basically, you know, working to heal, spending time yeah. with my family and working to heal. So um, very much so I, 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 manage, I manage that. Um, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I, I, I think, I think that the, in talking about springboards, I mean... <laughs> There's, there's nothing better than therapy, really. Like, if you yeah. can get, I, I think, and I also like, I think therapy is a great thing. I think everyone should have a therapist. I mean, yeah. I think it would be great if everyone was able to, to have that. I know that that is, um, you know, uh, it, not everyone has those those resources. And we're seeing, yeah. you know, in, in especially, I mean, I'm, I live in the US, so the, the income inequality and the opportunity inequality, and, you know, because yeah. of, bigotry and racism and everything mm-hmm. else that still very much alive in our country yeah yep. uh, so when I say I think everyone should I, I you know I'm not coming at it blindly saying why doesn't everyone I know it's there's there's lots of reasons mm-hmm. that's it. 
that's been a huge, huge help for me. Um, I've, I've done a number of different kinds of therapy over, over many years and have been mm -hmm. delving into some new ones this year uh, to deal with these more severe symptoms. Um, you know, the other thing that I have in my corner in terms of a springboard is a great support system. Um, mm -hmm. Very difficult, I think, you know, it's funny, like I, the number of people who have messaged me on, you know, social media or, or, fr or friends who have texted me and said, hey, if you ever need to talk, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I probably need to talk all the time, but like, if you've ever dealt with any sort of symptoms of depression, yeah, yeah. you don't want to freaking call people. No, like, oh, no. Are you kidding me? Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly the thing that I can't do. Um, so I've been grateful to have a few people who have sort of, you know, my, 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 my wife has been just an absolute incredible support and provided yeah. me a lot of space and time um, to, uh, to, to work on this and see what emerges. Cause I, I mean, I, I think that everyone, I work with a lot of artists and, and, you know, friends with a lot of artists and mm. I don't know anyone who isn't managing some kind of yeah. uh, what, what could be categorized as a, as a mental health issue or, you know, even low level kind of social anxiety, or, mm. you know, or maybe they're a little bit, you know, they, they've got their stuff more together and they're doing more kinds of exploration, spiritual, uh, psychological, but, but everyone's kind of working on this path. And, um, you know, the, the truth is, I think it's very difficult to, to really tap into your deepest, most creative self mm. when you're worried. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, if you are, you know, if you have real worries, like food security, mm. housing, you know, housing security, like if you have real worries that that's going to be, it's going to be tough to make art. But, but, you know, if you're also dealing with some sort of like anxiety or, or depression that, you know, you don't even need anything to worry about. And you yeah. have you know, all of that, all of those cortisol spikes and everything. Yeah. It's all happening. You know, it just, it, 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 <laughs> it gets in the way. So I, I guess to answer your question, you know, what's been a good, a good springboard is, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have the the time and the space as provided by you know both my family and my community to uh to, to work on these things when they've been most severe you know this mm. year yeah i think you've you've you kind of really tapped into something so important there mark around um economic you know issues and and race and culture um, where actually some of these things aren't accessible you know therapeutic interventions aren't accessible to a lot of lot of I mean you're saying that in the states is the same here I think I think it may be um similar around the world but it's interesting I've been more recently reading research around um what happens in communities what happens in villages what happens in you know different cultures where people are often impacted by depression and anxiety and you said something about community and there is such a, a power of community, of coming together, of recognizing and being alongside that can be so, so healing. And I think in our, our society, maybe something like that is a little bit more distant somehow. So we, we can reach to therapy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's true. And, it, and it's sort of confronting in a way because we're at least, I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, especially, I mean, I, again, my, I have a, I have a U.S. centric viewpoint. I, I imagine that there's similarities, but this, this concept of rugged individualism that, that mm -hmm. we think about in the United States is 
absolute BS. It's just, mm. it doesn't exist. Mm. Chances are, if someone's talking about rugged individualism, you know, they probably, you know, went to private school and like had their <laughs> college paid for. And, you know, and yes, they like worked hard. And like, I, I, I went to a private school. I had my college paid for. And I worked very, you know, I, 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 I'll say I worked harder after college because I just got my transcript and it you know, wasn't the best. But, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think that idea is absolute um, BS. And it actually, it, it does way more harm than good because you mm -hmm. have, all of a sudden you have people who are like, if I, if I reach out for help, then I'm weak. But what do you think mm. all these kids who are, you know, graduating from Ivy League schools are doing? They're networking. They're they're helping each other, um, and they're just not, they're calling it something else. And so, you know, everyone else is sort of looking up and saying, "Oh, they really have it made." It's not it's not because they never asked for help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, help. yeah. Every every I mean, I, I I can think of very few jobs or or programs that I've gotten into without asking someone for help, mm. whether it's something as simple as a recommendation or literally somebody saying, I can talk to the manager and get you the job. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, I, I think this word is so overused right now, but it's absolutely accurate. That's privilege. And, and, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's what it is. And I think um, I, I have plenty of it. And that's certainly been been helpful in giving me the time and space to deal with these, um, these mm -hmm. issues that I'm dealing with. Um, and I'll pause there because I forget what your question was. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's a fluid thing. I mean, what you've brought up something so, so important. And I think, you know, and I love I love your vulnerability here, Mark. I love the fact that you're open to, to, to kind of thinking in this way and saying, yeah, I've, I'm talking about privilege. And that's, you know, I have that. And actually, there are many, many people that don't. And, you know, actually, but you're in a space of exploration of being able to be more self-reflective and have that open dialogue about what the di the differences are yeah and it's i mean i, I and i <clears throat> i would love for my work both both my my i would love for the work that i do in the world to uh push on this this wheel that's turning towards uh let's just call it a better world uh, mm -hmm. you know my wife, my wife does a lot of work and and um her job loosely speaking is to end mass incarceration in the United States. Mm. Um, so we, we, we sort of, uh, it, we sort of eat and breathe a, a lot of this, this kind of, you know, subject matter and learning. Yeah. In our, in our yeah. And um, what's interesting, you know, to, to think about too, for me as a white, I, you can't see me, I'm a white man, um, cisgendered and, uh, and I'm the problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I am, you know, I mean, I, I, I and, and so, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not active. I mean, I'm not, I don't think doing anything that's super, super harmful, but I've also, I'm also very aware that unless I'm actually taking steps to improve things, mm, mm. anti-racist uh, or anti-bigoted, then, um, then, then what am I really doing? I'm, I'm, I'm allowing these kinds of yeah. uh, societal constructs and mechanisms to continue. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot because, you know, with my with my work, I've sort of come to a place that's like, OK, so my I don't want to speak from someone else's perspective and I don't want to speak for anyone else. I don't want to mm. I don't want to appropriate someone else's work to as a way of, quote unquote, celebrating it, because I think mm. that's just weird <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, like, I, you know, that's, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to paint and make things that aren't mine. But I think there's other you know, there's other work that I do. You mentioned drawn and drafted. You mentioned everyday original. Mm. 
I uh, the the we talked about the work that that didn't end as well as I would have liked. But you know mm -hmm. what I did is I is I pitched a, a vision that I had for for years about building an art center and a series of arts residencies, and we we made it. You know we have we have architectural plans for the art center before I left. We also had run a number of residencies, and you know the 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 way that I was kind of approaching that was to say first of all we want to welcome. All the, all the arts. So we had, you know, mm -hmm. film, we had uh, a dance uh, group come through, we had a group of painters. And specifically, how do, how, like, yes, I, I, I could, I have, you know, she, I had, I had, I had funding and I could go and create, uh, you know, I could create a residency and we could do it like all the other ones where, you know, we mm -hmm. set up a straight space and people pay to come and whatever. But I said, okay, that immediately excludes a whole group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how could we do this really differently? And I, I think in in like the most simplest layman's terms, um, we funded the first um, year, you know, six months of, of residencies, and that was that was around the time um, that I that I moved on. Um, and that's that's a polite way of saying what happened, of course, because again, <laughs> I said my mental health suffered, and that's what. Mm. I mean. mm. um, we also we provided space, we provided funding. And we also provided a stipend on top of that funding for the participants with the idea being, you know, um, I haven't done an arts, I'll be upfront. I haven't actually done an arts residency. Part of the reason I haven't done one, I've looked at a lot of them. I've talked to, I know people who've done them. I'm excited by them, um, but I've got a family. I can't necessarily mm. step away for, for, for five weeks yeah. and sort of, you know, leave everything. We have a certain amount of privilege, but not that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's kids, his family, yeah. <laughs> So I said, okay, like if I if I can't do that, you know, imagine, you know, imagine folks with a lot, a lot fewer resources or mm -hmm. a lot, or a lot less, um, you know, sort of opportunity throughout throughout their lives, or mm -hmm. or a lot more oppression. So if we can provide the the funding and the space and the time, and then you know, basically some money on top of that to cover your expenses at home, suddenly we were able to to, mm -hmm. to do more with with um, a couple of groups of folks that wouldn't have wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Do anything like that, um, and and I'm very proud of the work that that, that we managed to get done. Um, I'm, I'm, I should say I'm proud of I'm, I should say I'm proud of some of it. It was a difficult experience and a, and a learning yeah. experience for me yeah. as, a, as a director and manager. Yeah, and I think what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say, is in that short space of time, however long it was, you, you know, what I'm hearing is that privilege made a difference. It actually made things happen for others. And that's, you know, we, we can look at it that way. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing because sometimes it can work in more positive ways. I think so. I, I, I think it can. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, I think it can be really, really tricky. I mean, I, I, I see a lot of, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd have to think, but, but there's a few examples at the top of my head where people who have a certain amount of privilege create these wonderful, great projects, but they're, they're, they're inaccessible. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, you know, not, not to say they're not inclusive, maybe they, you know, maybe they get, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the sort of quote unquote right people on their board or, you know, whatever, but still some of these projects you know, aren't, aren't always as accessible. I think that's changing. I think people are starting to really tune into this idea that um, it's not, <laughs> It's not just about putting up a statement on your website. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so like with Everyday Original, you know, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll speak openly about that too. We're coming up on our seven year anniversary. It was about this time seven years ago that I had started reaching out to artists mm. and, 
and gathering them for the first um, for the first round. And you know, I reached out to folks that I knew. I reached out to folks that I knew that that were you know that had maybe some folks that had a name. And you know, uh, if you looked at the roster, it was quite a few white men. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's you know, that's kind of like who had, who was selling stuff. And because because of all of the reasons, all of the reasons that 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 white men you know were, mm. were sort of in front of anything. And so we did a lot of work. Um, and, and really what, what it was, was just, you know, looking beyond our, our initial roster or who was kind of like already already in places, but looking mm-hmm. a little bit deeper, looking through Twitter, looking mm-hmm. through, finding people who, um, you know, go, going, to, going to the, uh, the artist alleys and really sort of taking a look at who's out there and who had good work. Um, and it's a challenge too for, for a gallery because, you know, you have a, a collectors who, are excited to, to collect the people who have been doing it for 30 years. Oh, we, we do small, for those who don't know, it's we do a small piece of uh, original art every day from a different artist. So they're affordable, they're, everything's under $500. And so, you know, suddenly, um, you know, you could have a piece by your favorite, you know, magic artist from, from 30 years. Mm. But I also, in my heart, I wanted to do this, this work that, that we've been discussing. And so, quickly our, our our roster shifted over the next year or two and we had I, I forget exactly what the number was but well over 50 percent were, were women or identified as women mm-hmm. and uh over the past few years and we have we we do have a statement that we'll be putting up on our, our website it's not it's not quite ready yet but the fact is that we've well we've been trying um i i, I don't think we are where we want to be in terms of um, how inclusive and, and diverse our roster is, but this has absolutely been our focus. But what it takes is not just sort of looking at seeing what bubbles up, because the the systems and structures that bubble things up mm. are, are 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 built <laughs> are built for white guys. I yeah. mean, I, I don't yeah. know how else to put it. You know, yeah. There's a lot of um, I, I I was reading about some of the the the. Uh, AI systems on on social media and how they are uh, unfortunately inherently racist. If you look on uh, and, and Twitter may have actually done some work to fix this, but they they were getting called out and it was amazing. It, there was a there was a picture of a debate with um, Raphael Warnock in uh, in, in in Georgia mm-hmm. and, his, his, uh, and his opponent who was a white woman and, and, I, and I honestly forget her name. Um, but Raphael Warnock is a black man, um, is a uh, and and runs the church that Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was 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 doing. Mm. And um, you know, you they 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 put up they put up the picture in a post and they put it up twice. So you had, you know, Raphael on the left and this woman on the right. And you know, when you put up two pictures on Twitter, it crops them and puts them mm. side by side. And in both crops, it showed the white woman. And, ah. and over again, you could sort of see how these systems are just oh, sort wow. of. <clears throat> Yeah. up and going oh it's we're just it's a random you know whatever and it's and mm. it's not exactly so getting back to to kind of the work that we do is 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 you have to kind of like dig deeper and you know you know follow, certainly following hashtags is, is one way to do it asking people um who they know and and where to look is is another way to do it um it's you know it's 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 not easy and and frankly um you know, when when I when I when I would when if I if I approach someone again as as a as a white man, there is an assumption that that I'm not necessarily the safest person to be, mm. to be or maybe mm. not the sincerest person. I might be doing this 
to look good or to boost my own, mm-hmm. you know, reputation in, in some way. Um, and I mean, I can say that's not my intent. I, I can say that's not my intention, but I can also say that I, you know, I'm aware of implicit bias. And I think that we're, I think that all like, yeah. on some level racist because we live in a racist society and we have to do, we have to do more work than just saying, well, I don't do racist things, you know? Yeah. I've, I've been it, rambling on for a while here. No, no, just to, just to add to that, Mark, <clears throat> I think it's really important because actually there's a lot, lot of cultural racism too. You know, we can say, you know, we, we talk about one kind of racism, but there's also racism within cultures that, you know, is just as, just as um, hard to break um, within communities where there's, again, biased thinking. And, and it kind of, it's about education, isn't it? And as you're saying, like with the, the everyday uh, original, I know it's not quite the same, but you're, you're talking about, you're doing the legwork you're doing the research, you're, you're breaking down some of these things. And I think that's the, some, you know, the same thing about breaking da- down some of these biases and these, these misconceptions and these, these ideas that have been passed generationally down the line. And actually, how, you know, where do we go? How do we start breaking that down? And it really does remind me, and I'm thinking about your artwork now, about the layers, <clears throat> as you talked about in your resin stuff. And it reminds me of the kind of, many many layers you have to go to get deep um and sometimes it may reveal something that that's unexpected or or you know take you you know that's that's what I was seeing in my head as you were saying um you know started doing this with the every everyday original it was just like this and then we kind of broke it down and every year we've been trying to change it and I was just seeing it as layers and it just sort of took took me to your to your work yeah that well, sure. My 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 work, as as I think we talked about in the um, in our in our private intro, mm. uh, I do I do work. I, I I do figurative work. I work in layers of of resin, um, and uh, the the it's funny um, because I, I've been I've been reading more about the work that you do in arts therapy, and, mm. um, and it's interesting that that. I feel, and maybe this is just true of, of so many painters, is that is that the work that I do? I mean, it is in a way. It's a it's sort mm-hmm. of a, an internal process. It's a it's a revealing of of an internal process in a way onto whatever medium. And so, whether you know, in the same way that as a person who lives in the society, I have implicit bias. Like whether I like it or not, mm-hmm. there there is a therapeutic process that's happening with the with the work and I do I I say this I, I don't and I've said it before but um you know I uh you you said earlier that you know that we all have kind of a multiplicity and, mm. and in a way that you know I think about that too with with layers and as I said I've done a lot of therapy and you know sort of unpacking recent events can lead you to another layer below and suddenly mm. you're unpacking stuff from you know when you were when you were a kid yeah and, and I, and I say that, and I also, I, I understand that there's not a stigma, but also sort of like, almost like sort of like an eye roll, like, oh yeah, like it's all about your mother and your childhood. Yeah. It, 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 it is. And, yeah, and pretty you, much. <laughs> and, and, and I think there's always like, um, you know, if, if, if you, if that is an uncomfortable topic, I would encourage you to talk to someone about it. But then beyond that, there's also, I mean, there's also generational uh, mm. And, and stuff that comes yeah, through. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're learning a lot about that right now as a society. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I'm, and I'm learning more uh, 
probably I've known a little bit about about my own, but um, uh, you know, like my my dad is Jewish and my mom is mm-hmm. Irish. And you don't have to go back that far to find a whole bunch of trauma. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> we don't. I don't think. Well, you probably know better than I do how 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 much we understand about that. Well, I think you know it's really what you're saying is we kind of don't really think about our attachment styles. And sometimes, you know, I, I, you're saying about, you know, going back as far as like, you know, childhood and you go, oh, it's, it's about mom, it's about dad, it's about, you know, and actually generally it is. And sometimes it can be pre-verbal and it can be, you know, something that's that's quite small. And for myself, I mean, a little bit of, you know, without going too deep, um, I've been doing more of that exploration myself, as I was saying to Mark earlier on about, um going further back into my childhood because I've really been exploring attachment styles and I don't know if you've you you've kind of had a look at like avoidant attachment style and brilliant I just finished a book about it um and found it to be very interesting and of course now I'm sort of looking at my own parenting and my kid and I'm like oh yeah. she's securely attached or you know <laughs> yeah. I think I have one fairly obviously securely attached child and one like maybe what they call what, what what i forget what the categories were but maybe like a b5 or something you know whatever it was like yeah. uh, <laughs> like has has some secure attachments but also maybe slightly avoided <laughs> yeah i think as long as it's good enough i think that's the thing you know um that's one of the things that i've been doing you know oh my god am i raising my daughter well enough and i'm a am i doing but it, it's never too late to keep doing that work as we work on ourselves it's never too late to keep doing that work because that's one of the things i think I'm discovering is that a lot of this work wasn't done when we were kids because none of this research was available. And again, then it's not available to, to, you know, various cultures or very, you know, however it was, you know? So, yeah, so it's, it's enriching to just kind of discover it now. And actually learning about my own attachment style, learning about, Oh God, you know, and hands down, I'm anxious. I'm a purely anxious attachment style. (laughs) I'm, anxious about most things <laughs> even as an art therapist it's a very big club yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and learning what happens in interactions and my responses and then going deeper for myself and actually realizing actually you can shift they're not you know it's not you know set in stone it shifts with how we learn how we grow and actually we develop a secure attachment to ourself and then we can go out into the world differently and it takes as you said uh, mark it does take a lot of work it does take a lot of shifting through all of that stuff to find the gold nugget you know that that goes ah okay well if i'm anxious that actually really explains my behaviors of why i'm preoccupied with relationships why i'm you know anxious every time somebody leaves the room or and then that explains why that person's like this and they're avoidant and you know there's a there's a dance that goes on in whatever relationship that is so um yeah it's funny how we've what what is the book you're reading at the moment mark or you finished oh god what was um i I can look on my on my audible it's actually it's funny i i um i started training jujitsu uh a a few years ago and of course stopped during the pandemic and then Mm. um, someone i met um someone I had met years ago sort of reached out and said, there's a bunch of us who are vaccinated now and we're kind of secretly getting together. So I have this great little group of jujitsu guys, one of whom is a therapist. Oh, wow. Uh, I reached out uh, because I was looking for some EMDR uh, therapists in the area. 
And he said, oh, you know, he had a recommendation. And then it uh, turns out his wife wrote a book and the book is called Strange Situation. And mm. it's, it's, it's not, she's, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know what her credentials are, but she writes it from the perspective of a, of a mother who mm. sort of went through the journey of discovering, you know, attachment theory and the, you know, and, and actually working with some of the lineage of scientists in this strange, mm. famous strange situation experiment, you know, where they have, you know, they have the, the baby sitting there and the mother's there and the mother leaves in a strange Yeah, house. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. baby is when the mother comes back or when the stranger comes back and they could kind of categorize. Yeah. Um, um, and it's actually, I mean, the sort of big takeaway is like, you know, if, you're, if your kid freaks out, you know, when you leave, that's actually okay. That's actually good. That's not, that's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not good. You actually want them to like you like that. And being chill when you leave is also fine, but like b- being not excited when you come back, that was probably me as a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know because I don't, we never did it, but yeah, the book is called Strange Situation. It was, uh, yeah, again, it's, 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 a, it's a sort of light intro, but it was, um, but it really got me thinking about, you know, mm. my own parenting style and, and, you know, thinking about developing kids who are resilient and, mm. and, self-reliant and and um part of that is having uh you know having a secure safe relationship with with the parent i don't think that i've been at all perfect with with that and i'll put my hand up too mark 100 percent. i'll put both hands up (laughs) you know it's interesting i mean with all of this stuff that's going on i mean i mentioned that this year has been a struggle um Mm -hmm. yeah spring was especially difficult um and uh and then Kind of in the fall because we had a lot of transitions back to school transitions back to you know we we sort of moved part way back from upstate to brooklyn and um just so many different things changing mm. and um then it became you know i was i was i was having anxiety i've never really mm. had anxiety attacks and um not like this and so so it, it it got it got um it got pretty rough and i have actually started talking to my kids i know they're 11 and 6 mm. but I'm talking to my kids about like look you know, like, you know, my, my son's like, oh, you know, you get, you get angry at me. I said, you know what, you know whose fault that is? He's like, you're going to say it's my fault. I'm like, actually, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. at all your fault. Like, you know, yeah, sometimes you do things that, you know, you shouldn't be doing and, or you don't do things that you should be doing. And like, that's true. But if my, you know, if my reaction is overstated, if I flip out because you didn't, you know, do a dish, like, that's not you, that's me. Mm-hmm. You should totally do your dishes. But also that's me, but also, you know, I've let him know, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting therapy. I'm getting multiple kinds of therapy. I'm seeking help because I don't, mm. I don't like how I'm being mm. with all the time right now. And, mm. um, and that's, I think, been a productive conversation with, with him. Cause I don't, I don't think that, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I remember, um, one one time one time but it's the time that I remember you know my dad at some point said to me because uh, I, I was a difficult relationship with my mom again that's that's un- understated but uh, but I you know but he said he said basically he said this isn't this isn't your fault um and and I and I only remember him saying it once but I, I but that stands out more than anything mm. it's like this you're you're doing your best and that's and that's all I want and like what's you know the the anger that you're getting in return, that's not your fault. Mm. Um, never really got to go deeper than that. That was kind of as, 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 as far as he could go, I think, with that over the years. But, um, but it meant a lot at the time. Yeah. And I, you, what, you're, what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is that even that small 
token was so deep for you. And you're actually going even further than that. You're actually owning up to, you know, I'm, I'm having a bit of a challenging time. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting help. I'm getting support. I'm getting, I'm going deeper. And I think that alone normalizing, you know, having mental health challenges, normalizing going to therapy, you know, for, for, for our children and normalizing these conversations, it is going to create a different kind of, you know, child, whether they're a little bit anxious or a little bit avoidant, but they've still got that other element where it's like, oh, okay, it's, it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to have these conversations. And my dad's having them with me and that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I can't think there's anything. So from a little, you know, you're saying a little something to an, an open conversation makes, I think makes a difference. I, I felt like it, I felt like it did. We actually, we had a good, we've had a few good conversations my daughter is six is you know it's it's it's, it's a, she's very aware of of you know if there's conflict in the house and kind of who's being difficult and maybe who's mm -hmm. being unreasonable even just like, why you know why is why is my brother acting like that um but you know i talked to her too and i said you know you know i'm I've, you know i'm going up to do my you know my therapy now and you know have you noticed that maybe I'm, I've been a little bit more silent? She's like, yeah, you've been asking for a lot of hugs. <laughs> oh, like, oh. <laughs> been asking oh, I was like, well, I need them. Yeah. But you don't, I mean, of course, we also are big fans of consent in our house. And if you don't want to give a hug, you don't have to. So yeah. uh, I get yeah. them when I get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, learning all of this at six is so, so amazing. Because I, I mean, I really when I was growing up, you gave hugs whether you wanted to or not. And that was not okay. You know, being forced to give hugs to aunties or uncles, or, you know, and, and somebody that your neighbors that you didn't like, and that was wrong. And it, it took me all of these years to suddenly discover that because I said that to my little girl, well, she's not little anymore, but when she was little, I go and give so-and-so a hug. And then I watched her face. Yeah, yeah. And then I suddenly, yeah, I suddenly woke up and I thought, what am I doing? I'm just recreating the same scenario for someone else. So I became very aware of that, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. But many people don't because it's again, it's something that's culturally passed down. It's not kind of uh, considered in. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I think I think there's. I think there's a point to, to sort of go too far. To, to, there's like a there's like a too wokeness that, that we could certainly <laughs> yeah. kind of approach. But you know, it's like what I said. You know, it's like I, I had this talk with my son last night. I said, look, uh, you know, you're talking about his homework, and so he's saying, you know, I was, I was saying, I really, I really just, I really just want you to try your best, but I need to see that you're actually trying mm -hmm. everything. Don't just send an email and say, oh, I never heard back. Like, follow up. You have to like do these things. And he said, but then I might not get a perfect grade. I said, I don't, I, I mean, honestly, I hate to say this. Like, I actually don't give a shit about It's like, I, you're, a grade is just an indicator of where maybe you've got a gap in your learning. All yeah. I care about is that you go try to figure that out. I don't yeah. care if you got a six out of eight or a five out of 10. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You follow up and learn. That's what I, that's what I care about. Can you hear my dog? Yeah, <laughs> could hear something going on. Let me take this out of this. He's really I, well, I don't know what he's got, but he, he's 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 having a, a good old time throwing throwing it around. <laughs> and Mark has just left <laughs> left the screen for a minute, so I'll just look. Like, oh, there he is. <laughs> I have three dogs here, um, <laughs> two of whom are puppies. One of whom is very oh. consistent on doing things his way. 
and also very very um i can imagine very uh, calming and healing and exhausting as well therapeutic um i have one dog who's therapeutic actually i have, okay. one, I have two dogs who's th who are therapeutic this this dog is um he's like he's, got, he's like another uh another 11 year old boy basically. he's got his own attachment issues going on <laughs> yeah, i don't know i don't know if he's he might be securely attached um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's certainly um enjoying that bone i think <laughs> I'm going to keep taking it out of his mouth as he gets them. So, okay. <laughs> Normally, I have them strewn all over the studio because it keeps them busy and, and not. Yeah. Know, the <laughs> I was going to say for people who, because I'm not putting the visual on uh, online because it's quite a lot of work, but also Mark's there. He's, his work is behind him. There's a beautiful, beautiful sketch behind you. Oh, I you. can just about make it. It's, a, it's who is it? Oh, oh. It's a class demo. It's a charcoal drawing. Um, it's actually it's up on my. Uh, oh wow! And it's a charcoal drawing, uh, just off of a photo of. of That's Jimmy. fantastic, Jimi Hendrix. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, and I've got. Um, I mean, you can't. You can. You probably can't make it up because uh, it's on the table behind me. But I've got a series of portraits that I'm working on over there, and okay, uh, and some other work in layers of resin. I, I, I I'm at a real crossroads right now uh, <laughs> as, we, as we sort of spoke before and this happens to me every few years um but uh i'm at a real crossroads with my work again i mean i you know i, I as you mentioned I, I graduated you know college in 99 and then went back to art school and graduated in 2005 and then kind of did various things in tech and art and video games for probably you know five years after that and then really focused on trying to be an illustrator and get illustration work and did that for five years and then in 2016 shifted over to this other kind of work mm -hmm. um so it's almost like uh you know every five years and so i i'm at a point now i'm, I'm turning 45 in a month um happy birthday for a month's time <laughs> yeah thank you uh so you know i'm 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 by all accounts about halfway done <laughs> <laughs> i hope not mark because if you're halfway well, done you know, then i don't know about I me to, i hope to make it that far or, or, <laughs> or more if it's good um but I'm really thinking, I'm like, I'm looking back and I'm saying, okay, you've done all these different things. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what is that, what does that person do now? Because I, again, I, you know, I, I, I had this work thing that, that I sunk every ounce of my creative energy into, which also meant when it finished, mm -hmm. I have, have a, a, a blank canvas, which is, yeah. as you know, is, is both an opportunity and an absolute horror show. Yeah. Um, but I've been looking and, and really evaluating um, everything from, you know, what I want to be doing, like, you know, what, what, what I want to, how I want to be living my purpose in the world. I think mm -hmm. about it in those terms. Um, and, and if I were to state my purpose, I would say it's to unleash creativity and that can look in like so many different things. And I've done it in mm -hmm. so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like now? Uh, working on it. Yeah, <laughs> I also, think. Yeah. It's also, what does that look like just in my work? I'm not going to stop making art. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to continue and, and continue making this work and continue putting it out there. And it's sort of like, okay, but what I feel called to do more, I feel mm -hmm. more to, to make work. I don't know what that is yet. You're here. You, you heard it here first. I don't know. Yeah. It's an, un, an unraveling, isn't it? And I guess that's the thing is you're saying, you know, going through transitions every five years, but it's an, evolving thing isn't it and I think uh, it's it's a very very old 
old sort of structure to be in one job forever or one job for you know, for most of your life because we are evolving all the time um and i what i'm hearing you know i don't know but this is what kind of what i'm taking from it is that you get to a a point in life where I don't know for myself I can only speak for myself Mark and that's why it's resonating with me what you're saying is that I think it took me to crisis point in my life before I kind of went ah oh, hang on there's got to be something that you know resonates or, or feels a little bit more congruent and, you know? and you're talking about your move to art yeah my move to art therapy which meant that having to take that risk of retraining at a much much um later age and i'll be honest it changed my life in many ways some parts that i didn't really expect or want and other areas that added but like many things many transitions you, you lose some things and you gain other things and we were kind of briefly talking about that as well weren't we about yeah opening yeah up new doors uh, a believer in in that kind of space making practice um mm. there's there's uh, well i mean first of all i i i uh, i did i did read marie kondo's book and i really enjoyed it um and i think there's something there's something to kind of pulling everything off the mental shelf if you will and really evaluating okay like what is really spark what is really sparking joy for me and mm. then and then putting the rest saying thank you and putting it away um I think that practice of, of, of thanking the, the old things is, is important because I think there's, um, you know, there's a few, there's a few projects I'm looking at right now that I'm sort of asking myself, well, is this, is this, is my heart in this right now? Mm -hmm. and it's hard to let go of these things, especially if you started them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it almost feels like failure. It feels like, okay, if there's something coming to an end is not necessarily failure, but it's, but it can be, it can just be like, uh, you know, things, everything has a cycle and things, you know, things come to a close. But I've found that when you, in whatever way, bring things to a close and can kind of acknowledge and accept those things and really like be done, mm -hmm. things can, can, can show up. Yeah. You're not going to, I mean, I, I, have a, I have a friend who's sort of back in the, in the, in the dating world, but she's still um, spending some time with an old flame. And, uh, and I said, I, like, I'll be honest with you, like, just think like from a calendar perspective, how are you going to have time for someone new if you're spending it all with this old, with this old mm -hmm. flame that you already know isn't going to work out in the way that you want? Um, because that's just, you know, sort of clear. It's like, okay, so I've, I've you know, you, you put energy into these projects or people or whatever. And sometimes, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm turning, I'm turning 45. I'm not, I'm not the oldest guy in the room. Um, and, <laughs> you're not here either. <laughs> you're oh, I, don't not know. The I actually don't know how old you are. I, I assume that you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're about my age, but, but I you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I've got a, you know, the, the wise perspective of, of someone yeah. older than me, but just to say, I am at a point where I've seen a few things and I'm starting to understand that it's okay to let things go. I wish yeah. I had understood this sooner. I wish that when I was, you know, 30, that I had said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna really just focus on the things and the people that 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 bring me uh, that bring me joy. And again, that could be a privileged perspective uh, to say that I have that that time and that space to to do that. Because um, you know, some I've I've also you know in in in, in even in my privileged past, I've I've also taken jobs that I you know kind of had to take because I needed, <laughs> yeah. needed to have a job at that particular time for a certain amount of money yeah 
I think also, you know, we were sort of touching a little bit on attachments and I think, you know, much of it can be about our attachment style, you know, not wanting to let go because it can be frightening. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel too unknown. And, you know, where others may be able to, to walk away from something because there's an avoidancy going on. You know, there's, there's a many, many, sort of, as I said, we were talking about the multiplicities of us. There's many, many layers of something, isn't there, going on in order to, and as you said, you, you kind of co collect all this information as we yeah. go on and then you get to a point in life where it's like, actually, no, hang on a minute. What's, what's, what's for me? What, what kind of, what resonates with me? What brings me joy? What brings me, uh, as I was saying about, feeling more congruent feeling more at balance inner and outer matching kind of thing you know and that often does mean a journey deep down within often does mean like going inwards in order to come back out <laughs> absolutely I, and, and i think with my particular brand of anxiety that always feels very selfish you know doing for me yeah. very, very selfish and I don't like leaving things if there's anybody in the room who's not feeling perfectly great about it, which makes it really hard to leave things because yeah. sometimes there's not, a you know, it's like you, you, it's mixed feelings and you can't make everyone feel great about it. But, 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 mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but on the, on the sort of doing things for yourself, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to sort of come around on this, this idea, although I've, I've known about it for a long time, like it doesn't, doing for yourself isn't isn't like a it doesn't have to be a selfish act there's ways to do it selfishly go online look at instagram um but there's but there's also ways of saying i i need i need to feed myself so that mm -hmm. i can bring more to the world mm -hmm. that's fundamentally it you know mm -hmm. i need i i need to have time for my practice or time for my kids or time off or time to just sit and stare at the freaking wall because that is part of my creative process mm -hmm. With this unfinished ceiling that I'm working on, um, <laughs> I think that I think that if it, it it doesn't have to be in service to someone, but you like I I for me to bring whatever my gifts are to the world, I, I have to be strong. I have mm -hmm. to I have to be fed spiritually, mm -hmm. emotionally. Um, I you know I can't be mentally and physically exhausted and and that's what some of this mental health stuff does to you mm -hmm. i mean I, I i i don't know if we were talking about this but you know i was finding myself being very very short and i'm i'm still working on this if we're honest um with with my family at the end of the mm -hmm. day because i was spending so much of my time in my yeah. head having imaginary conversations with people that i didn't enjoy working with in the first place yeah um, so, so so spending all of that time in my head at the end of the day, I was just exhausted. And I was like, I, you know, I, I really started to take this seriously when I was like, this is not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I can't make, I can't support. I can't be uh, like who I want to, I can't be who I want to be in the world. So it's, it's, it's not selfish. It is necessary mm, to, mm. Ourselves, to our relationships, to our community. Yeah. Um, and to the world, you know, beyond, if that's, if that's the scope of the work that we want to do, Absolutely. Also, you don't have to, you don't, you all, I'm also learning, like, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, work on a worldwide scope. You can, you can be a good person in your, <laughs> yeah. and your family. And that is enough. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Enough in this world.
Yeah, absolutely. And it really reminds me, Mark, whenever, you know, pre the pandemic, when we were able to fly, and I know we still can now, but I haven't been on a plane for many, many years now. But the reason why they say put your own oxygen mask on before assisting someone else is because you need to be able to breathe and be still, you know, compasmentous while you're helping someone else. And in that way, you know, I think that you what you've you've sort of nailed there is that kind of um the kind of past handed down thought, you know, the handed down about you've got to be helping everyone else before you can help yourself because otherwise you're just looking at yourself. You but actually if we're not looking at ourselves, then we won't know how we're showing up in the world. And absolutely, I think that's absolutely. so important to do. So and if we're going to show up, you know, if we're going to show up, as I said, in, in, in just for ourselves, yeah, working the circles out ourselves, our family, our community, yeah. our our careers, our professional community, and the world outside, you know, in any of those scenarios, I, I find it very easy to serve others before myself, to really mm-hmm. put others first. In fact, to sort of, um, and this is something that I have to work on in therapy, but you know, when, when, when someone comes to me and is un, unhappy or upset about a situation, I sort of freeze and sort of forget my own pers- mm-hmm. I can kind of forget my own perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a very hard lesson on that this year, but, um, and, and, and I hope that I've actually learned it. Um, and I feel much better equipped. It's funny, like I keep alluding to this experience and, and, and it was very painful um, and continues to be painful uh, mm-hmm. processing it at the same time. And we mentioned this before the, the chat, it's, it's, it's layered, right? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm having this difficult time in this present moment this year. And it's, and as I'm dealing with that, it's sort of also bringing up stuff that happened maybe four or five years ago, as we're sort of dealing with that, we're like, you know what, actually, this is really similar to stuff when I was a kid. Uh, this is really similar to, you know, like we talked about my parents going back generations. Um, and I think, again, the, I'm fortunate to have the resources that this is an opportunity to uh, to get to get stronger and more just not not stronger in a in a in a way that like I'm not dealing with things but you know to to to, to move th- to move through and not resist these these lessons I think is so so difficult I think it's what also makes a lot of you know um, a lot of uh, professional environments so, so difficult especially. Mm-hmm. Now that we're now that we're really seeing how much misogyny and racism and, mm-hmm. and all you know with Black Lives Matter and Me Too movements, which you know uh, we're, we're starting to see like how pervasive these issues are absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can't do repair work in a professional environment, I think, is quite is is quite difficult because you know you're supposed to sort of bottle things up and kind of like put on a professional face, and it's sort of like okay, so where's the Where's the line um, with some of these things? It's difficult. It's difficult to know, even as someone who you know who, who doesn't at this time work in an office with other people. You're still interacting with people, and it's and yeah it's, on a daily basis. It's, yeah, 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 on a day, on a daily basis. That's why I mentioned, as I mentioned before, I'm glad I have the support system that I that I have, um, mm. and and you know because you also don't, you, you don't want to be sort of flailing about in you know w- with absolutely everyone in your life because you know it's it's. That's not appropriate either. <laughs> well, sometimes we are, aren't we? <laughs> sometimes people find themselves in that because it's a different, I think it's a different route for everyone, isn't it? And I think it also, as you said, depends on the um, 
the circles that surround us and our community or, or some people lacking that because it can be difficult, whatever the mental health issue can be a taboo in some communities. And so, you know, and it can be, oh, yeah. can be really, really challenging in that way. So we, we find our tribe, I think. Yes. I think it's really, really important for, for you know, to, to be able to find a tribe that doesn't necessarily mean it's the one that you were born with or you're connected to from, from birth. But actually, you know, as we evolve, as we unravel and as the layers get peeled away, you know, we kind of, other, other, other people may resonate with us, other kind of energies may, frequencies may re um, uh, resonate with us. And I well, think it's really important to find our tribe. Well, it begs the question, you know, how I'm, I'm fortunate to have, you know, good friends and, 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 you know, my wife and my kids who, who I can, you know, talk to about this stuff, but, you know, and I, and I don't know precisely which communities you're talking about, but I imagine there's communities where mental health issues are, are taboo. Like, how would you recommend someone find a tribe if they really feel alone? Yeah. I mean, it's not even just that I'm thinking about, uh, somebody growing up in a community, say an Asian community, and coming out as gay or coming out as, you know, and that kind of, um, you seek your own tribe because it's not necessarily the, the community that you're in that's not accepting you. You find a community that does accept you and, you, you know, know that there's something that's not, because often with mental health or with anything, there can be a stigma attached to it, can't there, about... Yeah there's something wrong with you. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, hands down, that's how I grew up, where if it was mental health issues, it, it was like, well, you're behaving, you're behaving silly, you're behaving, you know, there were other words that were used that I'm not going to use here. Right, but, right. You know, they weren't so friendly and they weren't so, and, and then it left a confusion. So I spent many of my years being confused about my own thinking, about my own behaviour and wondering if if actually I was going to get dropped off at the mental institution because I was <laughs> behaving you know and it was that was coming from family so it took a lot of journeying inwards to come out and say actually that was me having a crisis that was me having a crisis and mm. I was trying to get heard and it was hard it was hard to get heard within the community that I was in within the setting I was in because there were um, so many misconceptions and so many, um, you know, biased thinking and and not really understanding mental health. Whereas, and I think what you said earlier on as well, Mark, is that the pandemic has really magnified that and really brought that into the foreground because there's so much research and we can see now how many people are being impacted by that. So that um, alone was enough to create so many more complex um, mental health issues. Um, and we saw domestic violence increase tremendously. We saw child abuse increase in this time. And whereas some people, it was a great space to be, you know, at home with the family and uh, we, could, we could sort of welcome that. There, for some people, it was really, really dangerous. So there was so much that happened during this pandemic that meant mental health has really come into the foreground like never before which is 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 good but also it's really awful that it took this you know this kind of crisis to bring our attention to some of the things yeah i i i, I full, full agreement um 
you know, I think going through, going through the pandemic, I mean, we were very lucky that we, in, in, in some way, it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. Yeah. It was very difficult. Um, but we also, you know, we, we were, in a, were in a good situation. Um, we were in a good situation where we were somewhere where we could be outdoors. And yeah. Although my son didn't really ever want to go outdoors. He was really excited <laughs> about things on his screen. But, um, you know, we were fortunate that we had that. But um, I wonder also, you know, I, I, I think like you, I, I think the way you phrased it was was good. I, I, I wonder and I, I you know, I, I don't know if any research is ever is going to be done on this, but I wonder how much of it, you know, how much of, of the pandemic caused these things or just revealed them. In the same way that uh, you know, I was reading about uh, uh, you know autism and, and some of the uh, uh, controversy, let's say around that, um, you know, people saying, oh, you know, there's a huge, huge spike in in, in cases of, of autism people on the spectrum in the last you know 30 years, mm-hmm. um, and you know, in fact, it's 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 not that uh, it's not that suddenly more people have it; it's that we're better at identifying it, and mm-hmm. so. You know, whereas before it was sort of like, I don't know that, you know, that, that person is just different. You know, now we have an actual diagnosis. And so it's like, oh my God, it's not that it's not that there's suddenly more. It's that it's that we can it's that all of a sudden we, our blinders are up and we can see these things. So I wonder with with mental health, um, you know, how how much is is simply being revealed. And I and I think there's always going to be people who, you know, um, manage it without, you know, without turning towards something like uh you know a therapist or a professional or 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 meditation or yoga or whatever you know whatever you 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 know you do to sort of manage your um mental stability yeah i think it's different for everyone and actually just touching what you said about you know better ways to diagnose i think we have but i think there's also from my experience i'm kind of wondering myself if that you know being able to diagnose something hasn't made clinicians a little bit more lazy because sometimes it can be you know uh, uh, we were talking a little bit before weren't we about the internal family systems of a person um and how different traumatic situations can create something and how it can be easy to perhaps diagnose something because it gives it gives a marker and then it gives us something to treat as opposed to going deeper within that person and helping them kind of become a witness to their own he- healing, I guess, because it, it can be really tricky. So there's, it's, it's quite a rich conversation, Mark. We've kind of gone <laughs> all around the houses, haven't we? We've kind of covered a lot here. And I'm just thinking- Well, it's funny, you had me look at my, you kind of had me look at my, at my book list. And I, you know, I'd say I've got equal parts, uh, you know, fiction, um, uh, <laughs> stuff that's art related and then you know and then there's like a whole bunch of stuff about um you know mental health uh, the body keeps score oh uh, yeah that's a good one well yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was good uh and then of course you know things a lot a lot of a lot of the way that i sort of manage my mental health is through these things like you know just just having systems where like things yeah. things get done um and i didn't even really realize this until i saw some other people's calendars that looked very empty and i was like oh my god how how do you do anything um <laughs> But um, a couple, I, I've read a couple of great books recently that, that, uh, that, um, what was the one? I just, I just had it open. There was, there was one that I really, uh, it was, it was the Annie Duke book that had it, how to decide. That was a great, a great book about, about, it's, yeah, it's called how to decide it. It's, uh, she, she wrote, uh, I think another book called thinking in bets, 
but it's um, she. Uh, um, I think she was an online poker player, and she, and she's uh, sort of has this brilliant way of breaking down the, the decision making process. Like if you're not sure about things, and and I'm 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 forgetting a little. I'm forgetting exactly the the mechanics of this test, but you sort of. You know, if you want to figure out how sure you are of something, there's this like marble test where it's like, you know, do you do you want um, how sure are you of, of 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 your decision? I could either I could either give you you know ten thousand dollars, or you could reach in this in this bucket, and if you pull the black marble, I'll give you you know a hundred a hundred thousand dollars, and depending on you know, and then you say, okay, it's it's one out of four marbles. Okay, it's one out of ten marbles. Okay, it's one out of twenty marbles. And sort of depending <laughs> on where you're, like, okay, that's, yeah. that's too risky for me. You can actually find like the number of how sure you are. Because you've got somebody if they're sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a whole book and it's great. And, and it sounds good. Maybe we can put this up on the show notes. Maybe you can give me the 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 books that you've some of the books that you think are useful. I, I I'd be happy yeah. to. Yeah. I, I I do a lot of um uh since I'm, I'm driving more now than I, I care to but also than i used to and so i'm, I'm powering through audiobooks yeah really it's a, it's, yeah it's a brilliant way for me. i i think i seem to digest the information a lot more i found for me um i think i haven't had it diagnosed but i think that's my um sort of dyslexia I struggle with um, taking in information by reading it because I can read the same sentence over and over again and I'll read in the same paragraph and only have read the first <laughs> sentence and it still hasn't made sense. But when I kind of listen, um, it, it goes in and then I can have the, you know, the, the, the book and I can mark what I want to go back to because it seems to, to oh, kind yeah. of really go in. Well, I, I find it, I mean, I don't, I'm not diagnosed with uh, ADD or ADHD, but my therapist sort of thinks that I probably do have a little bit of it. It mm. helps me keep my butt in the chair when I'm painting. Mm. If there's a book that I'm really excited about, like the story, or just you know, just kind of want to know what happens. Like I'm more likely to not get up and yeah by the thing that I just thought of that I've got to go do on my computer. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know what? I, I'll do that in a minute. I'll just set a reminder because I want to find out what happens to this. Yeah, person. it's a little bit more focused. In fact, that brings us really, really comfortably onto actually about. Um, any favorite quotes that you may have? Because, you know, on my uh, Instagram, I really love sharing quotes. And I actually, to, to me, it kind of really helps. <laughs> For me, it helps myself <coughs> um, reframe or flip the script on something. So I didn't know if there was something that you had that you could share with our listeners. And I'm going to grab a paper and pen and write it down. Uh, I mean, there's there's a... Uh, there's. I, I also like quotes. I don't. I don't know how many I have quite at my at my fingertips. Um, I do love your Instagram and oh, thank you, Mark. <laughs> you know, religiously. Um, uh, the one that comes to mind. Uh, I mean, it's not strictly about mental health, but I, I find it very, very difficult to start to start in a studio. You know, especially mm -hmm. when you know if you well. <laughs> Whether or not it's a it's a or a client, I, I find it difficult, almost more difficult if it's a client. Mm. Um, but the the quote that comes to mind is one that my my good friend and mentor Rebecca um, uh, to, likes to use, which is I think it's attributed to Picasso, which is inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. Inspiration exists, but, but it has to find you working. You should look it up because I don't know if I'm getting it right. Um, and uh, and I think there's really, I mean, I, I 
I'm, I'm reminded of that quote, you know, and, and mm. I said, um, I'm going to post a video on my Instagram soon. So by the time this comes out, it'll be out. But um, I try to set myself up with uh, places to work wherever I am. So in, in mm. every room in my house, there's probably something to sketch on mm. so that I don't have an excuse to say, well, I'm not in my perfect situation and yeah. my perfect chair with a perfect it life. You know. Anyway. <clears throat> I keep a sketchbook in my pocket that I walk around with that I, you know, I'll sketch it. Is that that little one that you often put? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love what you can achieve. And I (laughs) I wonder actually, Mark, if this doesn't go back to, as you said, right at the beginning, we read out your your bio about you finding the sticky pads and the tiniest little things to draw on. I wonder if it goes back. Honestly, that was probably probably very therapeutic for me because that was was a difficult time, you know, Mm. in my in my childhood, um, I just remember emotionally being being very fraught. Um, but I remember my dad's office. It was it was at a, um, I think it was in maybe it was the office in Dorchester, Massachusetts. And in his office, sort of looked out on the nursery. It's all these babies in, in rows, and he would just have these stacks of pads with like Tylenol and Robitussin and whatever <laughs> brands, and they were all different shapes. And some looked like pills, and some were just sticky pads and whatever. And all the pens had it on it. And I would just sit and just draw and draw and draw and draw and draw. I don't, I don't think any of those exist anymore because I, I think my, my parents probably tossed it all out. But um, but I was definitely processing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> at, yeah. At that time. And now, uh, in fact, the, the thing that I just laid out is almost, I mean, I just taped a whole bunch of paper down to my table back here and started, just just started. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with these. I, I'm not necessarily studying anything in, in particular. They're all portraits. Um, and maybe, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll make their way into a shop or something uh, mm. online, but it's not, it, that's the, the intention is literally just to be in, in motion. And, and, and I think when you're struggling with mental health, that's the hardest thing to do. As I mentioned yeah. before, it's like, you say, oh, well, why didn't you call? It's like, why didn't I call? I couldn't get out of bed. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I pick yeah. up a phone. And also if I feel worthless, and I feel useless, why am I going to take up your time? Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, I mean, that's the real catch yeah, 22 yeah. with this is that when you're, you know, when you're, when you're depressed or, or yeah. feeling super anxious, you're also <laughs> hyper aware of, of uh, your, your feelings of self-worth are through the mm-hmm. floor. So why would yeah. you take up someone's time? It's, and so it's, so it's, diff- it's, just, it's a difficult catch 22. Well, you're all, uh, all the way down at the bottom of the ladder in your nervous system where we've completely shut down and we can't reconnect with our external world, let alone our own internal world. So, and that's where, I mean, I I really hear you, Mark, because that's, I've been through those experiences and often sometimes still do, you know, I don't think it ever goes away. I think it kind of is a different way of me uh, riding that storm now. Um, And I think it changes and it develops and, you know, as an art therapist, I love making art. It's one of my processes. But just like you said, when I'm feeling really low, I don't go near my sketchbook. I don't yeah. go near my paints. I don't go, you know, and it takes a little bit of energy. And actually more often than not, I'll go out into nature. Mm. That seems to be my um, bringing me back back to myself. It brings me back to, to me that then I can come back to wherever I need to come back to in terms of processing it through art or you know materials but it's an interesting thing isn't it it's not just what's happening in your physiology but it's actually is all in the chemicals as well it's all happening 
Yeah. So it makes sense. And, and, and I think, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's just the most difficult thing in, in the world to do, especially when you're feeling like that. But mm-hmm. if there's, um, you know, and I, and, and, and I got, you know, I'm, I'm a figurative artist. So when I sit down, like, there's, it's also a real struggle to kind of make a mess, <laughs> you know, because I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm used to drawing things that look like things and, and I want them to, you know, my, my goal most of the time is to make it look good. So um, I have a few, actually, I haven't posted these really online, but um, I have a few abstract pieces that I have sort of quietly been, been, been working oh. on over here. Uh, and I'm not sure that they aren't just done as they are, you know, like I keep thinking I want to, I should put something on it, a figure, a portrait, uh, something, but I keep, but I'm also in a place where I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it's not for that. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's another um, intent, but my, my, but, but back to the, the sort of sketchbook thing, like I, I think if you're, if you're a creative person or, or even not honestly having some finger paints around, just something, mm-hmm. something that you can kind of you know, just, or, or, or a, a brush with, with some ink and some paper, just, 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 just put marks on the page. I, yeah. I, I teach, you know, and, and, and I, and I always have students, who, I mean, <clears throat> most, if not all of my students struggle with some sort of anxiety or something, and some it's mm-hmm. worse than others. Mm-hmm. Some it prevents, you know, I, I, I definitely have students who um, have, have, a, have a hard time coming to class. Mm-hmm. I do my best to work with, with them um, wherever they are. And, and oftentimes it's just, it's just knowing that it's it's okay. It's it's just it's just okay to be wherever you are. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's okay. Like, and, and that's the thing that I mean, I, I'll 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 shout her out as often as I can. But my wife has just been so so supportive to say like, mm. it's it's it, it's okay to not be functional right now. Mm. Um, she has this great theory that she got from from her friend Carlos uh, about about the seasons of of work, and and we all have seasons in our life and our work but mm. the, the seasons that she's talking about really are a sort of on a sort of like almost seasonal but annual sort of basis where like you know in if you think about the the, the work that you do and I've talked about kind of how every five years I, I, I sort of do another like regroup but in the in in the spring of your of yourself you know you're you're planting seeds you're, mm. you're planting opportunities you're really kind of examining looking out there and then when you get into summer that's when you have your energy you're out you're 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 working you're growing you're you're building all of these things and then as you approach sort of the fall of your of whatever your season is you know you're harvesting and you don't maybe have as much energy but you're you're sort of reaping the rewards or cleaning things up and closing things down and then winter is not a time when things are dead it's a time when it's a time for sitting by the hearth and and mm. planning and and thinking about the future and evaluating what happened in the past and and i think that um if she ever listens to this she may cringe if i'm, if I'm getting it wrong <laughs> but i think that for me you know those seasons they can happen you know, over the course of a year, not necessarily in spring, summer, but, you know, my yeah. the feeling that I have internally might, might right now, uh, might, might be spring. I think I just went through a pretty, I, I went through a very rapid spring, summer, fall, uh, in this, in last, last yeah, spring. Yeah. And then I, I spent, you know, this past few months, you know, sort of healing and really trying to treat it. And, and my wife just said, like, this is your winter. Just, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Just, use it as such don't don't waste energy beating yourself up about being here you're here be here and and uh you know it's i think it's one of the hardest things for folks to do you know who, who do manage some kind of mental health issue is to be 
present and to be okay with being present. Mm-hmm. You're like, what about the future? What about the past? What about all these things? Yeah. Um, and to just to just be present with with what's there is is one of the hardest hardest things to do. Yeah, I mean, being present is is it is one of the hardest things to do because I often try that when I'm in the car. I've got, in fact, Mark, it was you and Lauren that I was buddies with when we were doing the headspace when it first came out. Do you remember? Oh, yes, I remember. Years yeah. ago. Of course I remember. Yeah. Years ago. Years ago. So now they've, um, again, like many things, they've evolved. So now <clears throat> we've got, I don't know if you have the same app in the States, but it's called Waze and it's like a yeah. sat nav. Yeah, yeah, we have can, Waze. Okay, so you can link your your uh, headspace to it, and she gives you this really calming um, sort of <laughs> breakdown of where you're going, and you get to the roundabout, and then don't forget to breathe. It's uh, revolutionized my oh, traveling. I, I have ways, but I haven't seen it. Ways, ways sent me down. Wait, wait, it sent me down the wrong path, and, and, yes. and, and New York is 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 uh, <laughs> crazy. It's always changing, so it sent me down a one way street and cost me twenty minutes. And I was like, oh, oh god, yeah. But if they've got the headspace connection, that's kind of neat. I like it that. It changed me, and even being stuck in traffic jams, where I'd be so frustrated. But again, she this this way of bringing you back to the present moment about you know, think about how much um, space you've got for yourself right now. What could you be doing for yourself right now in this slow pace, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this slower pace? And I think, it, you know, that's kind of, for me, revolutionized my journey because it's kind of really brings me when I'm distracted, when I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get to this school. I've got to go to that space. I've got to go, I've got to do this. Oh, have I got enough petrol? And have I, uh, and suddenly oh, yeah. you just come up and say, and don't forget to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and it just brings me right back to where I am I it. <laughs> and it's it's quite useful but as you said present moment that's really hard but you know even if I manage to do it once in a week I'm winning <laughs> I'm winning absolutely no and you and 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 that's uh <laughs> it's it's hard to it, 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 sometimes it's hard to really acknowledge that you can get so caught up in um, and, and it's not negative necessarily, but all of the learning that you have to do that you forget that like, yeah. you know, there's wins as well. It reminds me, I read and I forget who it was, but it was a guy who was, you know, writing about this kind of thing. And, and he uh, would bike to work in New York and he and, and biking in New York is a fraught experience no matter what. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he was like, I just like, I just realized that like I was getting to work. And I was just angry every day. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, I, I'd be biking and people are idiots. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know if he was yelling at people, but in his head, he was, he was oh, what a idiot, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And, um, and so he shifted it and he said, okay, so I'm going to consciously, when someone is a total idiot, mm-hmm. I'm going to, in my head and in my heart and with whatever spiritual way that I connect, wish them well, I'm going to wish them mm-hmm. a better day. I'm going to hope that they you know, get better or whatever. And he found that it just completely shifted his experience yeah. getting to work with more energy. He's not as tired. Yeah. Um, obviously that's not going to work for everybody because it is crazy out there, but you know. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. Cause I think, I don't know whether we were doing it on, on this interview we're recording or whether we were talking about it before that, but about the, the kind of thing around gratitude as well and mm-hmm. how that can, um, cause I think you were saying, Oh no, you, we were talking about it, about letting go, you know, something that's been, part of your life letting it go thanking it letting it go um and you know when I before um starting my art therapy journey that was one of the very first steps I took because I was in a really big depression 
Mm. And gratitude for me kind of had me taking bolder, bolder steps each time. And each time I took those bold steps, it took me a little bit further out of the pit that I was in. Just being grateful for simply getting up. <laughs> Just being grateful yeah. for simply, you know, getting washed. Just being simply grateful for you know my dog or my cat or whatever there was you know just simply grateful that you know the neighbor was outside singing or something you know just little <laughs> little gratitudes that normally would be really annoying because um but it, it kind of helped uh you know take those tiny little shifts into something else absolutely we have talked quite a lot Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna help us with a quick fire round now. We do the fun bit. Is this all right? Are you okay yeah, with this? I, I don't know what it is, so sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you didn't read what I sent you. <laughs> oh God, no! Did I miss an email? Okay. <laughs> Never okay. mind. Well, this will be fun because you haven't read it and you don't know. Right. So these will be <laughs> these will be as honest as they get. So these are just like as we wind down, just some silly silly fun questions really to, to to take us out of all the the depths of what we've been talking about and just have a little bit of a little bit of a get to know you so mark texting or talking texting texting your favorite color mm, right now it's a toss-up between a, a blue gray and a and a very neon pink but but I oh wow I would say both together, if possible. Both together, yeah. A, a, what did you say? A, a gray, blue, a blue and gray. a pink. A blue, gray, and a pink. Neon pink. Yeah. They're quite opposite, aren't they? That's quite, quite those, nice. Those are my colors right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. So last book you bought or downloaded, we've already heard about some of the books. What's the last uh, oh, one? Oh, actually, well, no, actually, the, the last one I bought, I, and I haven't mentioned on this podcast, it is, it is, I mean, you and I have been talking about my potential future path and and, yeah. and what is giving me so much fire for that right now is this book it's called it's called um, let me make sure I get it right and I have my audible open now because I keep opening my phone to look at it for you um, <laughs> it's um it's called death of the artist mm. by William uh Darius Darius I don't know how to pronounce his last name Darius what Darius Wicks Darius White's Darius White's. Um, it is. It's an amazing book. Uh, it, he interviews 140 different artists um, who are sort of. You've probably heard of a bunch of them, but none of them are, you know, um, you know, make raking in millions. But they're still mm. working artists, musicians, mm. writers, um, and they get. He he gets real. He gets people's numbers, how much they make a year, how they live on that amount of money, what their wow. life is like, and um, and also just you know how the. Uh, tech and gentrification and social media in Silicon Valley have really impacted and, mm. um, and, and made it both easier and, and also much, much harder for artists today. So um, reading this book, you're like, no wonder everyone's anxious. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm almost done with the book and I think it's brilliant. Brilliant. Death of an artist. I've written it down. But um, eventually, Mark, can you send me a little note with all the other, some of the I'll other? I'll send you. Things? I mean, yeah, I'll go through my. my or my give lab. me a screenshot or something. Yeah. And then yeah. we can do your favorite ones because I think it might be quite nice to share. So, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? <laughs> oh, God. I, my, this was the one that my wife just asked me. Um, oh, that's a tough one. I, 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 
I think I'd like to be able to speak every language in the world. And, and, I, and I also want, I, I kind of want to go back to the texting versus talking. I mean, it's so context dependent. I love these conversations and, and I do enjoy like getting into this kind of thing with people. Um, do I want to ever sort of chit chat on the phone? Um, there's like two people in the world that I actually want to do that with. <laughs> like, 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 like most of the, most, a lot, a lot of phone conversations I have, I'm like, that could have been a text. <laughs> well, if you learned every language in the world, then how would you use it? Because you may not want to speak to anyone. <laughs> I could, I could, I, I'm assuming I could read and write in that. In those oh, that's true. That is very true. Yes, I didn't put that in. <laughs> well, and also, okay. you know, my, my, my kids right now, they both speak, they, they're fluent in Spanish and, um, and, and they go to a school where there are lots of folks from, from all over the world. And so um, I just, uh, I, I, feel, I feel like that would be another it's a, it sort of ties into the, mm. the layers and the making of art and the therapeutic aspect of things. Yeah. I just feel like it's another way to, it's another way to truly relate to somebody. I think yeah. if you, if you learn another language, then you are sort of de facto also learning about these other cultures. And there's mm. also studies that show that yeah. you know, kids <clears throat> who are bilingual have more empathy. And so, um, empathy has been both the cause of and solution to so much of my, my, many of my problems mm -hmm. but um but a little more wouldn't hurt <laughs> yeah absolutely i hear you um fill in the blank my superpower is my anxiety my anxiety and do you know what mark i have to say hands down <clears throat> that really can be a superpower yeah because it helps you know as you're saying you're journeying inwards and then you come out with something else. You come out with a little bit more knowledge about yourself. And, it, you know, even in that anxiety, there's a thriving. So I love that you said that. I really love that you said that. <laughs> uh, because I think, to be honest, that's one of my superpowers. <laughs> my anxiety. I, 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 I think, I think it is. It <clears throat> I think it can be, I, I, you know, it's, it's certainly a way to access uh, I think it's one way, one of many ways to access true empathy. Mm. Uh, it's also a great warning system. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I haven't really, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, because you're anxious, you're not using it that way. But sometimes, you know, again, I, I, I've been working with my therapist for 10 years. She's wonderful. And, and, and she's like, you gotta, you gotta listen, dude, you gotta listen to that. You know, if, if, if yeah. your body is, you know, if you look at your watch and all of a sudden your, you know, your heart rate is, 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 is up, maybe leave that situation. You know, maybe you're not actually, you don't want to hang out with that person. Yeah. You don't want to work with that person or yeah. this isn't, an, you know, this, you know, it's, it's okay to walk away from something, even if somebody else really wants you to be there. Yeah. And also sometimes I've been doing this new exercise, Mark, where if that same thing happens to me, I kind of, I go inwards and say, okay, what is my body trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. What is that inner part trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And it'll That's often so be... Yeah, well, it's these okay. layers, isn't it? It's really layers. And I think, you know, as we said, each each evolution of the self brings a new questioning, brings a new um, uh, uh, viewpoint, brings a new curiosity. Each evolution brings something new. So where it might be difficult for you now, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be difficult for you in the future, it, you know, you that you won't get to some version of it. And I think yeah. that's something that we should kind of think about and hold on to so mark you were talking about seasons earlier and i wondered if you have a favorite season i like the fall i mean i i, I think i mean just i mean 
not not talking about seasons of, of work of course like when you're talking about your your work summer is always fun mm. um but uh you know as i said i'm turning 45 in a month so i was born in the fall so i think i probably have uh you know the fall is is like uh you know it's exciting because you know as a kid it's like you know there's a birthday cake coming soon yeah <laughs> um, my brother was also my brother and i were both born in november so there's lots of celebrations to do um and my mom, for 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 all of our difficulties, used to make these brilliant cakes. She's a fantastic chef, and used to. I mean, I, I, I it was also the cause of a lot of anger because she would take she would take on these really big projects, and sometimes they would fall apart, and it wasn't that fun when they when frustrated with herself. Yeah, um, I remember this just amazing three dimensional panda bear cake she would make, and she'd have to cook it in like two different pans, and then oh wow, it really had to cook the right way because when you put it together, it would fall down if it was mm. soft enough, and then she'd go in and pipe like like little wow like the color the black and white all the way around these brilliant design um yeah really fantastic but but I like the fall I like the fall I like the changing of the season I love the smell of winter coming um I grew up in Boston I grew up in the northeast uh United States and the sort of this the when you get that crisp smell in the air you can kind of it's like the frost isn't there but you can smell it it's coming Mm. there's a a scent that I just when I when I when I smell that I'm happy your home you're feeling at home if I could get a candle which I guess is probably impossible with like a frost smell I don't know I do maybe you there's all sorts of things you can buy these days so I wouldn't be surprised if there was one but you know the smell (laughs) when winter is coming so to speak is a good time for me yeah it's a I guess it's a time for as you said uh recharging reconnecting re-energizing re-emerging I think I wonder. So the last one is slippers or cozy socks. Slippers. Slippers. <laughs> yeah, I love my slippers. I love my slippers. <laughs> and I think most of us have been wearing slippers for the last two years. Right. <laughs> We've not been going no, very cozy. Long. I've had I, I, I have I have these like cozy uh, wool line socks which are which are which are great, but I always feel a little bit weird sort of walking around in in socks like. Um, like the socks are getting very dirty, but I have I have, <laughs> house, I have house shoes, these slippers that I that I love, um, and um, actually I, I can credit again my wife's family, my my father-in-law and my brother-in-law are both big fans of these, and they sort of you know, we see each other <laughs> like check out the new. So finally, I got myself a pair, and, and I'm so in competition with about slippers. <laughs> no, I just I you know I I I I, just, <clears throat> I I I finally got them, and I'm a convert. I'm really I'm very pleased. <laughs> Oh, Mark, thank you so much for talking to me today. I think we've, we, I don't know how long this has been. I think we've easily been talking for an hour and a half. So it's going to be a really long podcast, but uh, we've kind of gone through quite a few different layers, you know, and I keep bringing it back to that, but we have, we've gone through different layers of the conversation and it's, it's kind of woven its, its way through and it kind of all feels so connected. So, Mark, where can people find you if they're looking to connect with you, looking to see your work? Where can they find you? Um, I, have a, I have a website, which, uh, <laughs> uh, as I said, I, I've, I've been kind of, frankly, a little bit away from the work. So the work there uh, is just my name, uh, Mark Sheff, M-A-R-C-S-C-H-E-F-F. And if you Google for that, you'll find me on Instagram under the same name, um, at Mark Sheff, M-A-R-C-S-C-H-E-F-F. And then um, that, those are kind of the two places where I am the most. I'm on Twitter uh, uh, quite a bit, with, and, I, and I, don't, I, I post different things there, and I like being in conversation with people. 
really, really anywhere. I have, I have some, I've, I've, I had a really wonderful conversation on, on Instagram with someone who really gave a very thoughtful reply to some of the thoughts that I was putting out there. And mm. um, uh, I'd have to sort of think about what post that was to refer you to it, but it, I'm, I'm on Instagram, you know, during multiple times during the week, probably. So we'll one, put those one, links up in the show notes. So people once a day I'm, I'm, I'm in there and, and checking I, I love in. chatting with people. I actually found an. I mean, this is so crazy. Mm. I found an artist on there and she was offering an Instagram for artists um, workshop and it wasn't too terribly expensive. So I, I signed up for it Sunday night, eight o'clock, which is, you know, not what anybody really wants to be doing on mm. Sunday night, eight o'clock, but she was brilliant. And, um, and she mentioned that she lived in Boston and, and, and I messaged her after because I had a question about follow-up for the course. And um, I said, you know, I just, I didn't want to take up time, but I grew up in Boston. It turns out she uh, went to grade school with me and was in my br- little brother's class. Oh my God. <laughs> it's totally, totally wild. Oh, wow. But I love, I love that kind of thing. I love that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, that's so people. random. I love, I, love, I love chatting with people. Um, on, that's on really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is really crazy. It is really crazy to have that. That I, I mean, I, there, there must have been a reason why I followed. Maybe there was some sort of, you know, non-coincidence coincidence there. But yeah, Instagram is a place to find me, you know, and, and, and you can find me on my website and Twitter. Brilliant. I will put those links up in the show notes so people can find you. Once again, thank you so much, Mark, um, for chatting to us today. It's been so lovely to talk to you and see you and have all these. Uh, my brain's been popping with different things as you've been talking and, you know, it's just kind of wondering this, wondering that. So it's really lovely to, to chat to you. And you know what? I'm really excited for the next chapter of wherever you're going to and however you're going to evolve. So maybe we could catch up in another couple of years' time and, you know, <laughs> we can discuss the journey. Oh, since, what, what <coughs> sooner than that. Are you, I've, oh, I've gosh, yeah. Watching, I've been watching you and I've been so, so inspired by um, your shift and, and the work that you're doing and how you're taking it on. And so um, I'm I'm very grateful to you for having oh. me, giving me some space here to, to work out some of these ideas with you. So. No, definitely. Oh, it's always wonderful to to hook up with colleagues and have this and also as you said you know our, our journey started many many years ago in a different capacity and I think it's through drawn and drafted um yes. I was doing some stuff for you and then yes, now right. we're in a different capacity so I mean it just goes to show as you know we were saying about how we actually are supposed to evolve we are supposed to evolve and whatever that journey is sometimes it can be more painful than we would like but it, it, it it's about evolving good good and fun aren't always the same no no not always, you don't always get both no <laughs> you know so actually there's a, there's another quote and i don't know who said it i'll leave mm. you with this but um i you know i love learning i love growing and and somebody uh i wish i remembered who said it um but uh you can't <laughs> you can't get better at something and look good doing it <laughs> You can't get better at something and look good. Like if you're really, if you're really getting better at something, <laughs> if you're really improving, you can't do that and look like a hotshot. Like you got to no. be willing to kind of, you know, get dirty. Honestly, that describes my probably my second year in therapy, where yeah. I literally <laughs> felt dismantled and disorientated and had no idea who I was anymore. And then from you there, know. I had to kind of re, re sort of create and <laughs> reform but uh, um, thank, thank you. you so much thank you mark um and i can't wait for us to, to talk again soon Take thank care. you mark chef <laughs>
I told you that was going to be epic, didn't I? And it was. And oh my gosh, it's just on editing that I I kind of recall the kind of topics we covered. And I'm so thankful and grateful to you, Mark Sheff, for having these conversations with me um, because they're vital and we need to bring them to the table as often as we can. And they're not always the most comfortable conversations to have. So thank you again for all all of you that have listened and make sure you share this with someone else who may want to listen because again, the more these podcasts are shared, the more I'm able to to get that message out and normalise um, conversations around mental health. I think it's really, really important and I hope you do too. Um, I've got a lot more guests coming up um, and some some exciting topics we'll be going to be covering. So please do keep your uh, ears peeled and eyes open. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but keep a lookout for the uh, other podcasts that will be coming up. As ever, do leave a rating, do leave a um, comment, and make sure you sh- share as much as you can with whoever whoever is willing to listen. Um, So thank you again for for being here with me and I'm looking forward to the rest of this season and I'll see you soon. All right, take care now. Bye.